We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Um, and start recording before you knew I was recording. But <laughs> so he's looking to see if I'm recording again. Because I know. Which I am. <laughs> Dave, by the way. Oh, boy. We've got... Dirty Doctor Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh <laughs> back on the Which podcast <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Oh no, it's great reasons, man. Yeah, great reasons. reasons. Um, we're gonna have a fun podcast today. Yeah, Kyle get to for Kyle, us. Kyle said I get to be a dickhead. <laughs> Not sure I put it like that. <laughs> no, no. Kyle said we can have unfiltered Rodney on the podcast today. Can yeah. we put it that way? Unfiltered. Unfiltered Rodney. Unfiltered yet um, keeping the, the conversation. Discreet? No, not no. discreet. Um, PG-13? Keeping the conversation intellectual. Oh, okay. Never mind. Rodney's out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm dense. Remember, Kyle? You're dense. I'm dense. Yes. <laughs> I do remember, in fact. <laughs> that was fun. Good times, good times. Good, good times. times. Kyle? Yeah. You going to bring us in? No, you are. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're the one that's going to have us fun. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, you bring us in. No, you bring us in, dude. I get to talk the crap today. <clears throat> and I get to do the smack talk. You I don't get to know. do the intellectual. I'm going to do quite a bit of it. So. Good. Um, I'm that's... still choking on licorice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that, well, all of you missed it because we're going to have to edit. Well, we don't have to edit it out. We, I had to stop recording and start recording because it got a little past PG-13 <laughs> with, with Dr. Dirty Dave, Arkansas Rudabaugh, yep. and his window stripping. <laughs> um, we're, no, today we're going to talk about HB-312. SB. SB. Cinnabil. See, I told you, no intellectual on this side. I'm yeah, dead. Cinnabil. Um We're going to talk about a couple of things yeah. to preface this. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to talk, this is kind of going to be an emergency podcast because Senate Bill 312 is being touted as a hunter-friendly um, piece of legislation that everybody should get behind, all you public hunters should get behind because... 90-10. 90-10. But to preface this, um, I had a suggestion from, and I'm not going to point out who it was. I'll tell you guys afterwards. But I had a suggestion from a listener um, who basically uh, asked that we talk about the legislative process. Um, and I think that's a good place to start. Uh, and then we can get into the actual, the actual bill itself, which I'm still trying to bring up. Um, and, and some points, even before that, some points. Um, I've got a great point to make today on why you should be careful of on who you listen to. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that here we'll in a little bit that. too. Um, so just, uh, we may have talked about this before, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've just touched on it. But when you're looking at the, the, the legislative process, you've obviously got the, th the three branches of government, the executive, the 
uh, legislative and the judicial. Within the legislative branches, you have two houses. Um, the House, which is made up of representatives, um, and then the Senate, which is made up of senators. Um, there's more members of the House because they um, they are basically... How do I say this? They basically are... It's, uh, available per capita, I yeah. guess you could call it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the number of representative changes yeah. depend upon the population Correct. of the district. So, yeah. it, depending on the population of the districts, like I said, per capita um, determines how many representatives you have in the House. Um, the Senate is made up of senators, and they have a determined amount of senators per district. District, yeah. and um, Anyway, so that's the way it's built. Within within the legislative process, the House can bring bills and the Senate can bring bills, uh, but they have to go through both houses of the legislature and be passed for it to go on to let's in this in this case New Mexico um, to the governor's desk to be signed or vetoed. Um, in the, at the federal level, it goes to the president. Yeah. Um, so can I say one thing? Yeah. The, but even before that process, before a bill is introduced, um, anybody can introduce a bill. Or, holy nice. smokes. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. <laughs> See, so, so, they're so, both getting primed for this legislative discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Pop a top. <laughs> right? I got the Rona. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> off the rails. So anybody can, any representative or senator can sponsor and write a bill. Yes. But beyond that, before any of that happens, even a person can talk to a senator or a representative and talk to them about sponsoring a bill that they're interested in, individual or an organization or something like that. And so uh, what happens a lot of times is you can actually go and talk to your representative, present a bill to them, and actually you know, help them draft it. Yep. And then they can go and get other support from it, from other representatives or from, you know, other senators. See, and, there uh, is a reason we had you on here, Dave. Um, so it, I think in that sense, you know, organizations and even individuals can influence particular bills for senators and representatives to write. Yes. Um, and so, um, there's actually, there's actually seven seven different things that can be introduced. We're talking about bills. Those are the things that go into law. Yeah. Um, those are the things that go into statute. They are written into the statute, the laws that govern New Mexico in this case. Um, the other things that you can do is a memorial, a joint memorial resolution, a joint resolution, a concurrent resolution, and capital outlay request. Um, we're not going to get into those. We're just going to mainly talk about Because they're not bills. laws. They're not laws. Um, there's a few things that are important about, let's say, memorials and resolutions. Um, they prompt um, voter action, typically. Consensus. Consensus. Um, it, a, a memorial resolution uh, may prompt a ballot um, initiative, mm-hmm. and so those are important to 
while they're not as important as bills because they don't go directly into law, they do prompt those types of actions later on down the road, so they're important to to pay attention to. But we're going to talk about the bills today. Um, within within each of the houses, you have committees, um, and there's uh, I'm not even going to go through all of them, but um, senators and or representatives are generally. He's still choking on the... <laughs> choking up over there. The electrician's going to kill me. Oh, man. Um, they're generally assigned or they, they petition to be on a, a certain committee. Um, we'll give a good example is the Senate Conservation Committee. Uh, it has uh, a certain number. I think it's seven senators on it. Um, it has a chair, has a vice chair. Uh, and that committee tends to hear bills that have some sort of wildlife conservation impact. Um, I'll give you a good example outside of uh, Senate Bill 312, um, the trapping bill, Senate Bill 32 that just passed that committee. And we may talk a little bit about that in this podcast, but we're going to focus on Senate Bill 312. Uh, But um, that bill, there was a bill that went through there that had to do with uh, solar uh, you know, solar energy stuff and the rural economic, uh, or sorry, not the rural economic, the rural electric co-ops and things like that. So uh, it, it that's how generally those those committees are assigned bills because they have something to do with how that committee is made up and what the focus of that committee is. So who, who assigns a bill to a committee, Kyle? Um, that I don't know, actually. I think it's the House Speaker or the the Senate Majority Leader should be, right. actually. Yeah. yeah, if it's a Senate bill, it's the Majority Leader. If it's a House bill, then it's, it's a House the, Speaker. It's a speaker. Yep. Yeah. Um, so those two people yep. have a lot of influence on how a bill is going to be funneled through um, how many committees and Exactly, and which, which committees, committees it goes through before it actually reaches the floor. Correct. Yeah. So that's a very important. Those are two very important people. Yes. Um, that get to decide that. Agenda. And not only that, those are the people who, if it does make through, make it through committee and gets onto the the House or the Senate floor, they are the ones that call it for a vote. Correct. So let's talk about this. Um, it's <clears throat> going to get assigned committees. Um, uh, and depending on the the Senate Majority Leader or the House Speaker, um, it could get. Typically, it's two committees, but it could go through several. Um, the committees can basically do a couple of things. Um, they can they cannot take action on the bill, which means they never hear it. Table it. Table it. Uh, um, or, or never get to it. <coughs> There's any any number of bills that could be brought in front of that committee. And so if they don't want to talk about it, they could roll it, and they'll, it'll, they'll just never hear it. The next thing that they can do is they can table it. Um, and then the, the basically the last thing that they can do is they can vote on it, and they'll have lengthy discussions or sometimes not lengthy discussions. Um, these committees are where you need to make your voice heard as as a as the public. If you're opposed to or a proponent of a bill, that's generally 
where you can show up, voice your opinion, have the time to voice your opinion on the on the topic um, in these committees. Once it gets to the House floor or the Senate floor, uh, there's no more public input on it. It's just a straight vote, or they decide we're not going to bring it up for a vote. So yeah. if you're so if you're opposed to bill. You want it killed in committee because then you know that it never will reach yeah, the floor of either yeah, the correct. Senate or the House. And one big problem with that right now is under these COVID restrictions, they're doing all of these committee meetings via Zoom. Via Zoom, mm-hmm. and they're restricting public input. And under no circumstance, in my personal opinion, should public input be restricted. That's I, ridiculous. I wholeheartedly okay. agree. So, uh, a good example. I've actually heard that the chairman of those committees is selecting who they want to hear from and who they don't. Exactly. Correct. And that is completely biased and, um, quite frankly, un-American. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right now I'll give you a good example. Uh, Senate bill 32, which is the ban on trapping Trapper. on public lands in New Mexico. Um, it was given a hearing, uh, in the Senate conservation committee, 10 people, Ten people were allowed to comment from both sides, opposing and proponents of the bill. And whenever they discussed the bill at first, um, they talked about having received correspondence um, in excess of 60 uh, or some odd uh, opposition to the bill and 40 proponents of the bill. Um, and, And again, that's the problem this year. That I that that we're having is this limited access to those to those processes to those to that legislative process and getting your voice heard and standing up and saying, and I can guarantee you that it's immensely less effective voicing your opinion. You have two minutes voicing your opinion over a computer with or without picture. Mm-hmm versus having people lined up out the door standing room only mm-hmm. in a committee meeting, which is what what generally happens with these high uh, emotion mm-hmm. um, types of bills like trapping always is. Um, and so anyways, so that's how the process goes. In each committee, uh, you're, they're going to go through those actions, either not get to it, table it, or bring it up for a vote. Um, what else am I missing? Well, if it passes in that committee, then it usually just goes to the next committee. Correct. If it passes in that committee, it's going to go to the next committee. Uh, again, generally, it goes through two committees, uh, sometimes more. Right. G- generally, the one that has to do with the overall topic of that bill. And then the next one is, you know, sometimes it's a it's a... Uh, you know, funding committee or judiciary committee to make sure that that what that previous committee passed is is, is within the constitution of the state and is you know fundable or or budgetable. I correct, guess. correct. Um, so that's kind of how it works. That's kind of works in both houses. Um, and then if it gets passed in on the floor. Uh, it then has to go to the other house and go through committee and pass, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the governor's de- desk to be signed or vetoed. And I think she has... Or she a, can pocket veto, which means she just doesn't get to it. Right. But generally she has... A um, certain number of days. A cer- I think, yeah, a, a certain number of time, a certain length of time to 
either sign it or veto it. Yes. If she doesn't get to it within that certain amount of time, it's automatically gone. Yep. Um, so with that being said, that's just a real general <clears throat> overview of how the legislative process works without getting too in the weeds with it. Um, we want to let you know whatever your stance is on, on any legislation, the time to, to make your voice heard is while these bills are in committee or you can even get them pulled before they ever go to committee um, if you put enough pressure on on the sponsor of the bill. And each bill will have a sponsor or co-sponsors. Um, each will, Sometimes I have a sponsor in the, in the House and a, and a sponsor, sponsor in, in the Senate. Senate. Yep. Um, and so pressure can be put on those. Um, and if you're really, really passionate about a certain bill, certain topic, uh, email, phone call before the bill even comes up, to your to your sponsor and then once it goes to committee you can find out who the members of the committee are phone call email to them show up in person on a general normal year not, not a year. covid year um, this year they're making you register via zoom and again they're kind of hand picking who's getting to speak so it's not a great it's not a great setup but um, that's the general legislative process just a general overview um, to let you guys know, uh, so that you're more informed and you can, you can kind of get your, get your voices heard on these, on these topics that are coming up. Um, I feel like this is a major year with attacks on hunting, trapping. Yeah. Lots all of kinds stuff. Of it. And uh, not, not only at the state level, at the federal level, the, they're doing these things. There's a yeah. bill on the federal level trying to ban pub trapping on yeah, they're – and you know what? So, so I think this will be a little bit of a segue into what I want to talk about as far as all this goes. Um, one, of, one of the problems is one of the most important things to hunters out there, tag numbers, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Um, and a lot of organizations out there, we, we've always said, we've said this a thousand times, right? Don't listen to us. Don't take our word for it. Mm -hmm. Go look it up yourself. Yep. Go find the information yourself. We're not standing here giving you misinformation or doctored information or um, trying to pull the wool over your eyes. We're just giving you information, saying, go make up your own mind. And giving our opinion of that Giving our opinion and then saying, go make up your own mind. Go do your own research. Go find your own facts. Yep. Go see how it affects you personally and then react accordingly. Yep. Okay. So one of the big problems I have with, with a lot of this stuff is I feel like a lot of people out there look at what some of the organizations are doing. Yeah. What's BHA saying? What's the New Mexico Wildlife Federation saying? Um, and then they just go and agree. And these organizations are not representing us anymore, particularly the Mexico Wildlife Federation. They do not represent wildlife and resident hunting in New Mexico. They just flat out don't. Yeah. And what, but what they do is they feed us a bunch of misinformation to try and get us to believe that they do have our, our, our Interest interests in at heart. Yeah. And they don't. And I got a few examples here. Um, that I want to go over real quick, and right? I, I'm just going to let you know, Rodney has been 
itching to use this. Oh, yeah. I've got that. I've got that in my hip pocket. Yep. It, it's it's coming here pretty quick. Okay, so um, here we are, real quick. Um, oh, find it! Come on, Ronnie, don't be wasting this much time. Come on, Ronnie, find it. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> so no, I, I just, we need to get Dave I, yeah. to choke on another piece of licorice. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness, something like that. Australian licorice. Okay. State audit. This is a, this is an article on the New Mexico Wildlife Federation website, right? Right. State audit finds New Mexico shorts residents on elk licenses compared with other states. Bullshit. Straight up bullshit. Yeah. Okay. What they're saying is that unit wide tags are taking away from resident hunts. They're not. They're just letting private hunters use their tags on public land. Right. They're not taking shit away from public land hunters. Get that through your thick skull, Wildlife Federation, because they're not, okay? They can simply take those tags and hunt on private property, and there would be zero argument, yeah. right? Well, you would think. Well, <laughs> according to what they're saying. Right. So this is a headline to make people believe in them, saying that the state's taken away tax. Yeah. It's not the first time they've done this. Right. Right? Yeah. We We've been through this, right? It, right? So. At one point in time, they were saying you, that the Roundup tag. I believe it was entitled. It was titled "You're entitled to your own, own opinions, opinions, not, not your facts. own tags." Yeah. So, when we did the Roundup tag, when when the Wildlife Federation and the BHA was fighting so hard to stop the Roundup tags, mm-hmm. one of their taglines was "The Department of Game and Fish is stealing, stealing tags from us." Okay, we said this in our podcast. We don't have a problem. If they don't like the way the draw was being performed, if they want to talk about adjusting the way the draw is performed, fine, say that. Because but don't the say draw, you're draw, stealing anything. The draw was being performed exactly per the statute. Exactly per statute. One hundred percent per statute. Yep. Okay, they were doing it correctly. The director of the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish has, at his discretion, the right to round up. Or not round up. Yep. He was currently choosing to round up. Guess what that rounding up did for New Mexico residents? You're going to tell me. Gave us more tags. Because now that the New Mexico Department of, or the New Mexico Wildlife Federation and the BHA fought to stop that, we have lost tags. So wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on that because mm-hmm. they said we got that law changed. They didn't. They didn't. It's still on the books. All they got, all they did was put pressure on the on the director, and the director said to stop. All right, I'm not going to do roundup exactly. tags. They didn't get anything changed other than yes. the director, current director said, I'm not going to do roundup tags. No. But in SB 312, it will make it permanent. It will. It will make this a permanent deal. So the next director Doesn't will not be option. able to tell the Wildlife Federation to jump off a cliff, um, which he should do. Um, in the in looking at the drawing odds reports from 2019 when we rounded up yep. and 2020 when we didn't go to Antelope, yep. we gave away this, the state gave away in the draw 2,413 licenses. In 2020, we gave away 2,423 licenses, 10 more. We had a net gain of four tags in Antelope. All right, sorry, 14, but 10 of those were extra tags that they added. So, so we had a net gain of four tags. What you're saying is from two, 2019 to 2020, 2019 they rounded up, mm-hmm. 2020 they didn't. In 2020, um, 
and this was this was yeah touted by the wildlife uh, federation saying mm-hmm. they're stealing tags mm-hmm. in 2020 they increased the allocation of tags to the public draw by 10 which net gain gave us four, four. residents 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 now here's what it did it cut out 53 non-residents and it cut out 11 outfitter okay so they cut out 64 tax, but did New Mexico residents get them? No, but we still got our 84%. Mm-hmm. See, that's what they were bending, and that's what they were fighting on. They were pushing this 84% thing, and they were recalculating that after 84% after, after the, the allocation. But see, the, alley, the, 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 so the, why the statute. The residents get 50 more tags. I don't know. That's a good question because we still got our 84, 84%. See, here's where they fucked up. Excuse me. Sorry. Here's where they <laughs> messed up. They were hardline on 84%. Yeah. The problem was, okay, if, if you have 100 tags, it's nice and easy. You give 84 tags to the residents. You give six tags to the non-residents and 14, no, wait, and, and 10, 10 to, the non, to the outfitter pool, right? Mm-hmm. Nice and easy. But when you have 120 tags, it becomes different. So but the statute says New Mexico residents will always be rounded up. So if our allocation comes to 84.1% or, or, or sorry, if our alloc- if 84% of our tags comes to to 80.1 tags, we get 81 tags. That's a roundup for us. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it states that if a non-resident or an outfitted hunter if their tag comes to a 0.5 or higher, they round up. 0.4 or lower, they round down. down. We never got rounded down. We always got rounded up. Always. But now we just get that flat 84. Tag. So that's what we get. And because of that, in um, elk tags across the state... On all elk tags, New Mexico residents lost 33 tags. 33 tags that were ours and now are gone. And that is, that is it's bullshit. It's BS. They gave away last year, um, the last year they offered, uh, sorry, an elk. So, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So, basically back in... 2019. So, so back in 33 units mm-hmm. of the 58 units, mm-hmm. where they could have rounded up previously mm-hmm. in favor of residents, there was no roundup, and that's why we lost 33 tags. No, we, yeah, we lost we lost 33 tags because there's zero roundup at all. They they're not rounding up at all. They, we just wow. get our 84 percent and we're done. Okay. Um, so in 2019. Yeah. They gave away 22,370, or they advertised 22,371 tags in the proclamation. They gave away 22,472, so an extra 101 tags through the through roundup, roundup process. Okay, yep. 101 tags across the state is not going to affect conservation. First thing that we need to think about when we're talking about all of this is what is the effect on conservation? Not what's the effect on hunters residents, non-residents, or outfitters, none of them. But what's the effect on conservation? 101 tags across the state is not going to affect conservation. No. Okay. It's not going to affect those, those population two numbers. tags per unit. So this year, they advertised 22,371, the exact same number that they advertised last year. And this year, they gave away 22,371. 
the exact same number that they advertised is the exact same number they gave away. And we got 33 fewer tags than we got last year. The um, non-residents got 35 fewer tags. The outfitters, 33 fewer tags. Everybody got fewer tags. Now, this is real monetary value that we're losing. Somewhere upwards of $20,000. Yep. Just just for the non-residents. Just, just for the non-residents. In license fees. Somewhere okay. up there. And is that for antelope or for elk? That's for elk. That's for elk. So so upwards of $20,000 just for non-resident elk, not including outfitters, not including residents. These are real numbers that the New Mexico Wildlife Federation cost us in conservation because they were crybabies about roundup tags for non-residents and for outfitters when we were getting them too. And the even bigger part of this is one of the biggest problems, one of the key factors in this even being looked at was a crybaby by the name of Brandon Wynn. Brandon Wynn was crying because he's having such a hard time drawing that elusive bighorn sheep tag. Yet he still hunts bighorn sheep because he's got some money. He hunts Again, it and he put and he, and and he does he, it out of state. He, he does it out of state yeah. and he bids on the governor's tax. Yes, he does. So so the guy that's that's Claiming he's all about the little man is running around acting like a big man. But really, he's still just a dumbass. Bighorn sheep was the big thing that he was talking about, how we were giving extra tags to non-residents and outfitters. And I said this in our podcast when we talked about this. We are not going to get any extra tags. Guess what happened? We didn't get any extra tags. No, we got the exact same. They added two tags to the bighorn sheep draw this, this year. So we got two more. Okay, but when you look at the numbers, we got four fewer non-resident tags that they give out because those were roundup tags and they didn't get any. Outfitter pool got three extra, three more than they did last year. They got the three of those were from the non-residents and then, and then we got extra, but not from roundup. The only reason we got extra is because they added tags that they didn't have last year. So the biggest proponent is because that bighorn sheep tag, that extra roundup bighorn sheep tag, was going to a non-resident or an outfitter. He was pissed about that. So he launched this this crusade to end the roundup. And all he did is screw us. That is all he did. And this is what they do time and time again. The Wildlife Federation throws out these taglines, these, these headlines that get us to think, we're going to get more tags. 90-10, we're going to get more tags. People, you need to stop and you need to think, what are we giving up for these more tags? Because if you are thinking that the reason that you're going to vote for something or support a bill is because you're going to get more tags, then your mind is not on conservation. It's simply on yourself and you're selfish and you don't really need to be acting like that. You just shouldn't. It should be about conservation first, then residents. Um, But the numbers don't lie. They can they can block me on Brandon Wins block me on Facebook. Big man can't take any criticism, um, <laughs> but straight up, straight up, the numbers don't lie. Yep. They screwed us with these roundup tax, and remember this SB three twelve is going to permanently mm-hmm. do this. So next year, if they pass this next year, you won't be able to go in and say, hey, what about those thirty three tags that we lost to elk? What about the 39 about, tags that we lost to deer? 39 right. tags we lost in the deer draw. Yeah. 39. Sorry, it's ridiculous. 
they're, they're, they're beating us to death with these headlines about our draw and we're going to be able to draw more tags, but it's not true. They're screwing us. They're screwing us for their own agenda, for their own political gain, and it has nothing to do with wildlife conservation, you as a resident, or hunting in New Mexico. Flat out does not. The numbers don't lie. This is not my opinion. This is fact straight off of the website. So I'll give you a, a little piece here for the bighorn sheep. Oh, I feel better. Whew. If I <laughs> just have a licorice. Pisses me off. Have so a licorice. In 20, uh, hunt year 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. um, let's say the Pecos. Five, uh, Jimmy, 40, or 45, August 6th through the 15th, they have five ram tags. Mm-hmm. If they go to the 9010, with this SB312, it gets rid of the roundup language. 90% of five is 4.5. You cannot round that up. And so residents are going to get four tags. Wow. Yeah. As someone that's been putting in for big horn sheep for 15 years. And so you're going to have actually what's going to happen with, with, the, have, with the 90, 10, chance. you're going to have less chance. Cause there's right. going to be, they're actually going to have tags left on the table. Correct. That, Cause they can't round up. Based on based on the language in SB three twelve, and you and, can't and shoot half a sheep. You can't. And the thing about it is, is listen, I love New Mexico, and I'm all about standing up for the New Mexico residents. Uh, I'm all about having a discussion for ninety ten. All right, let's have that discussion. But I want to look at numbers, and I want to know what effect is it going to have by getting rid of the outfitters pool. We can't just say let's get rid of the outfitters pool. We can't just do that. We have to look and and see. We have to dig deeper than what they've done, and I know that they haven't dug deeper because if they had dug deeper on this bill, they would have seen that this is what's going to happen. And if that's their profession, right? That's their job. They get paid to do this. I don't get paid to do this. I do this in my spare time, and if I can find this out, because I told you in the podcast, go back and listen to it. I told them, this is what's going to happen, and this is what happened. We told them, antelope, Mm -hmm. this is what we're afraid is going to happen. We didn't know for a fact that was going to happen. This was easy because the numbers are right here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know that they didn't do the research. It's feel good. California conservation is BS. And we need to know what exactly is going to happen if we get rid of that outfitters pool. So right. like, but, but I, I think the whole problem here, and you guys are going to get to this, obviously, is, this, is that whole outfitters pool, it's just, it's just all a smokescreen. Right, it's it's all to make people feel better, yeah. So that the other parts of Senate Bill three twelve can go into yes. effect as well. Yeah, well, that's that's and that's key, and I, and that was one of the things that I was saying that uh, they're flashing that ninety ten to sneak all the other shit in that bill right. through. When, when even the ninety ten is still is, is still BS. Yeah, and who's and who says that that won't get cut? You know, these bills happen all the time where they cut stuff so it can everybody can go in and say, yeah, I want it, I want it, I want it. And then they scrap that part but keep the rest, you know. And the rest is the trash that I absolutely don't want. So right. it's very interesting and very telling who has attached their name as proponents of this bill. Yeah. The Wildlife Federation, New Mexico, BHA. Um, I don't even know if it's New Mexico. It might be just BHA, period. I uh, heard... Um, Ryan Callahan in his weekend weekend review yeah. crap on on Instagram 
um, making mention of this and getting rid of the outfitters pool. Um, anyways, the other people that have attached their names to this, the Sierra club, Uh wildlife, what is it? Wildlife guardians. Is that what it is, Dave? Uh, uh, wild uh, earth guardians, wild, wild earth guardians. Anyways, both, both of those groups are absolutely anti-hunting. Uh-huh. And for Wildlife Federation and BHA to put their names down in conjunction with those groups, with the sponsor of the bill, Jeff Steinborn, who is absolutely an environmental an environmentalist and an act, environmental activist, anti-hunting environmental activist, for them to put their names down is extremely telling, no uh-huh. matter what they're absolutely. saying about the bill. The biggest... Uh, and so now I guess we'll kind of get into the bill. They're they're touting this as the... But, okay, before you get into that bill, though, I just okay. want to bring up one more just, just quick point. Because a lot of people, when they look at this, they just say 90-10, get rid of the outfitters pool. Okay? It gives the residents more of a chance. Or the non-residents more of a chance. That's another thing that I hear, I see people saying. Well, the, the non-residents are going to have more of a chance. Are they? Are they really? Because ask, ask yourself this. Currently, they're, they have the option of going for 16%. Think of do-it-yourself hunters. Yep. Okay? The do-it-yourself hunters now who have this 6% of a pool set aside for them, the, the, the people that can't afford outfitters, right? They're now going to have to compete with all them rich people who can't afford outfitters. And are going to be putting in for that same 10% pool. Yeah. So there is that. I'm not sure if that matters or not, but it is a cause. It is, it is an effect of passing this. So it is something to think about. Yeah. We getting into the bill? Go to the bill. All right. <coughs> so <clears throat> they're calling this bill the New Mexico Wildlife Heritage Act, I think is what they're calling it. Um, anyways, then more like the New Mexico, I don't know crap about real hunting and conservation. <laughs> Act. <laughs> anyways, in my opinion, in my very humble opinion, um, I can tell you that none of this has been talked about with or included the department of game and fish. I, I kind of have the question today in, in reading all the articles and, and all the, the propaganda going out. And I just thought in my head, has anybody asked the leaders and the staff at Department of Game of Fish the how wildlife, they feel about the wildlife professionals, the, the biologists, the trained yeah. people who do this day in a day? Has anybody asked them about 312? Hmm. Anybody in the know that's not the director? I've talked to people within the department. I have. Uh, and I'm not going to mention names, but they are not f- fond of it sure. at all. Sure. Because they were not consulted on it, yeah. period. It's the same with the trapping bill, Senate Bill 32. <clears throat> not a single uh, person who has, who was a wildlife professional in the Department of Game and Fish was consulted on the trapping bill. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, so no, they haven't. Um, and that too is telling if you're not going to involve the agency that this affects the most in this decision, 
mm-hmm. in my opinion, you're you're trying to snowball people. Yeah. yeah. Right. The agency that will now have to manage um, butterflies. It's the same crap. And... It's the same crap as as the the ball initiative for wolves in Colorado. Saddling yeah. with the Department of, of Wildlife and Parks right. in Colorado with the wolves off of a ballot initiative is stupid. Yeah. So that cannot be understated. In my humble opinion, the worst part of this bill, which I believe is um, the only reason that Sierra Club and Wild, Wild Earth Guardians, Guardians um, has signed on to this bill. And is, also the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance. Oh, the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance. Jeff Seinborn. Yes, Jeff Seinborn. Anyways, um, I could go on. Um, <laughs> we, we have several members of the Game Commission right now who have been on the board of the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance. So that kind of – we we have some issues, people. <clears throat> Anyways. The biggest problem with this bill is, one, it changes the name of the department. And again, who are you listening to when they talk about this? Because they say, what's the big deal? It just changes the name of the department. No. What's the big deal? It's just $5. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Within, Sorry. Within the bill. Sorry, I don't have change for 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> within the bill, um, they've got, and this bill is like, 200 pages long. Yeah. The main reason for that is because they they have to go through every piece of statute that has the Department of Game and Fish in it and strike it. NMSA 17. With the new name, which would be the Department of Wildlife Conservation. But along with that, so people are going to tell you, what's the big, big deal? It's just a name change. It is not. Um, if you go to... And not only that, how much is that name change going to cost? Uh, just the name change. So this, uh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but this a bill this bill would appropriate $1 million from the general fund to affect the changes that the bill needs. Just the name change for the department, um, based on, on people I've talked to, is estimated to cost department $3 million. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got to now change... Patches on shirts, badges, truck decals, all of it, well, letterhead, everything. Well, wait, wait a second. Who pays for that? Oh, oh they got that extra five dollars. Oh. <laughs> Hunters, trappers, and anglers. So, is that what the habitat stamp is for? No, that's not what the <laughs> oh, habitat stamp okay. is for. Okay, just checking. Hunters, trappers, and anglers are going to pay for it. I'm going to get into that uh, here in a little but bit. But not even trappers, just hunters and anglers now. Well, no, because the because <laughs> they're trying to get rid of trappers. Trying to get rid. Anyways. I'll get into that, sure. into, the, into the who's paying for it here in a little bit. Um, but it also changes the purview of the department, and let me try and find it this here. This is one of the parts that I hate the most. Um, I believe it's on 17. Oh, there it is. Okay. So right now it's a seven, chapter 17, uh, which is basically game and fish statute. It's what lays out all, all the authority for game and fish. 1711 Declaration of Policy. It is the purpose uh, of Chapter 17 and the policy of the state. Um, and it's, this is what it scratches. It says, currently, it says the policy of the state of New Mexico to provide an adequate and flexible system for the protection of game and fish of New Mexico and for their use 
and development for public recreation and food supply and to provide for their propagation, planting, oops, went too far, propagation, planting, uh, protection, regulation, and conservation to the extent necessary to provide and maintain an adequate supply of game and fish within the state of New Mexico. That has been stricken through. If the whole paragraph. If this passes, that whole paragraph has been stricken through. And so it would now say the policy, uh, it would be amended to say, it is the purpose of Chapter 17 and the policy of the state to provide for the conservation and management of the state's wildlife as a public trust resource, which it's already, it's already managed that way, uh, as a public trust resource with intrinsic and ecological value for the benefit, use, enjoyment, and food supply of all New Mexicans, including future generations, regardless of wealth, privilege, or land ownership. Question. The last two words scare the heck out of me. Right, right. Ex extremely. But quick question, sidebar. Future generations. Mm -hmm. Isn't there another bill to ban youth hunting? Youth shooting. Youth shooting, which would include right. youth hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where but, is, but they say where, shooting. Where is the Wildlife Federation on that? No. Where is the, hey, we oppose the shit out of this? No, because it's the, the same people that sponsor that bill that are sponsoring this right. bill. Right, exactly. Exactly, and that's the point. That's what I wanted to point out real quick. Yeah, nothing to do with conservation. Okay, so, so this is so just the this, land ownership thing really. There's several really things, scares. Me there's several things. That's in the here. precursor to get rid of Jennings. Uh, there's that's in there. Okay, so there's some really really scary stuff in here. If you just read it on its face, you're like, oh, that sounds nice. I feel good. Okay, there's some really scary things in here. Uh, the first is to conserve and manage the state's wildlife as a public trust resource with intrinsic and ecological value. Mm -hmm. Throwing those two words in there gives the proponents of this bill, specifically the anti-hunting people, a, an in to be able to say we shouldn't hunt because these animals have an intrinsic value. That's the first problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can call me a, a conspiracy theorist. You can call me whatever you want, but that is what they are setting up. Intrinsic. Belonging naturally. Essential. Yep. Right. So that's one problem. The second problem is uh, use, enjoyment, and food supply of all New Mexicans. We are now starting to say we're not going to have any outsiders. Mm -hmm. No non-residents. Third problem. Uh Regardless of wealth, privilege, or land ownership, this is a precursor to their attack on private lands. Mm -hmm. The the um, and with that, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. But e, e plus, e plus. Is, is yeah, that's e plus is the first thing that comes. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, because yeah. we already know that they're after that. We yeah. already know. We already know that that they've come after that. Yeah, they they've already stated it. They've already been putting out articles. Um, setting up for that fight. And this is one of the things about, about all of this is the opposition is extremely cerebral. 
I've said this many, many times. They're not a bunch. They're dumbasses, but they're not idiots. They're not stupid. They're setting all of this up. All of this is with the purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. In my personal opinion, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this is all with a purpose. Oh, I'll, th- I'll tell you what the purpose is. We'll get to that. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so. And it is not to get us more tax. And it is not to get us more tax. Um, so that, the name change, you know, what's the big deal? It's just a name change. Um, <clears throat> that That changes the purview of the department it changes it pivots the department from what it is now which is focused on game and fish don't get me wrong okay so um, the argument's going to be well shouldn't we care about all wildlife in new mexico the game department right now does have biologists who deal with uh, all wildlife in new mexico the argument could be made that they're not doing enough so be it well then but should that should that argument not be made as a standalone bill, not with all this other crap. And here's the problem that I have with that argument. Um, If, as far as I know, last time I checked, the department accepts donations. Share with wildlife. And that's exactly where I was going with that. So if you want them to spend more money on doing things for a butterfly, butterfly, hummingbirds, a turtle that is not a game animal. Snails. That's where that goes. <laughs> that's correct. However, here, here's, exactly we talked about the underlying, we talked about the underlying plan with this, right? This bill would money, set up. Money, money. Yep. This bill would money. set up a basically a, a way to inflow there's a there's a bill at the federal level called recovery of america's wildlife act what that bill does is it siphons money from the pittman robertson act towards threatened and endangered species and all kinds of other stuff that the pittman robertson was not originally designed to do and and, and organizations this, whose whose mission statement is to protect those species correct and so what they're doing with this bill is setting it up so that when they pass that, they can automatically start funneling money, Pittman-Robertson money, which it, we all know is paid for mainly by hunters, um, to these non-hunting uh, conservation projects. Right. Which, and, which, which, again, I think it, what it says is it, is it, makes the, it gives everybody the impression that the Game and Fish Department doesn't care about any of those other species mm-hmm. when they actually have non-game um, species biologists that handle these types yeah. of things. So, but here's Already. my here's my problem. Um, why do they keep trying to come after our money? Exactly. If there are enough people out there that care about that, mm-hmm. sponsor sponsor your own bill. Yeah. that says we're right. going to take an excise tax off of camping equipment, hiking shoes, etc., Pro- etc. Propose right. the wind dubel tax on douchebags, and then go <laughs> right. So, <laughs> do I have to edit that, Kyle? No, yeah. I'm gonna leave it in. I, and I then go. And but seriously, you're you're absolutely right. The Dingle Johnson and the Pittman Robertson are taxes on specific items, and and that excise taxes that go to hunting and fishing, right? The habitat stamp, all of this stuff is very cerebral. That's what they're doing. Is they're after that money. Yep. Mm. They're 100 percent after that money. Um, 
the the trapping the trapping stuff. They're trying to ban trapping on public land, and then one of the big reasons is because you know um, New Jersey, not New Mexico cat lady, <laughs> uh, is walking her dog through the through the woods and. <laughs> Her dog steps in her trap, right? The Mexico cat lady has her dog. Okay. Yep, yep, go for it. Yeah. And her dog steps in her trap, right? Yep. All right. It's public use. Or it's it's multi-use public lands. Yes. Right? And if she wants to have her uh, conservation efforts, that's fine. Set up a tax for that. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. all of our taxes that, that already have – Benefits that spill over into all kinds of other species, all kinds of other genres, camping, mm-hmm. backpacking, hiking, boating, mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. They all greatly benefit from a tax, the Dingle Johnson and the Pittman Robertson. The tax okay? is a very There's, specific group exactly. of people. There's no right. tax on mountain bikes that goes to helping right. clear mountain bike trails. No, it's right. just hunters. Right. And, just hunters and anglers. And to that point, there's no license that you would pay to the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish to recreate on lands that – hunters and anglers recreate on hunters and anglers are paying for all of those properties yes. so and that's a completely different podcast oh my god different podcast. but i will say um that that uh somewhat you know someone within the department has told me imagine your license dollars being used to protect butterflies snails and mice rather than managing game and imagine the department leading the charge on environmental issues Enlisting our own species as threatened and endangered, our ent- the department's entire mission changes mm-hmm. that, at that point. Yes, it yep. does. Yep. Imagine that. All that's all for, that's the biggest problem with this bill. All for a few more percentage points in draws. No, that's smoke and, and mirrors. And, and that's, that's, that's all smoke. That's and what mirrors. I'm saying. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. All smoke and mirrors. Yep. That's they've used it time and time again. They've already proved that they've used it time and time again. I mean, this this bill is bad. It's very, very bad. So it sets the stage for so many things: anti-trapping, um, uh, having to manage coyotes, right? So no longer you can you you, not, you know not you just know, coyotes, coyotes, coyotes skunks, rabbits, skunks, all rabbits. Those game species. Uh, I mean, it it's, it sets the stage for so so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they um, they tout this is, and I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it because I've read it and read it and read it again. Um, but they're touting this as, as basically a repeal of the Jennings law. And if you don't know what the Jennings law is, it, uh, allows landowners to basically take wildlife that are depredating on their property. And I think I know how they're doing it, but the wording is very, very subtle in it. And so I'm not going to get too terribly much into that other than the fact that that's what they're touting. It is that, Mm -hmm. that it's also going to take away the Jennings law. Um, I'm not going to sit here as a proponent of the Jennings law other than to say that I think landowners need um, some sort of outlet for depredation. Um, and not a monetary payment. And not a monetary BHA payment that the BHA is proposing. Um, I think the Jennings law could be tweaked um, to – put in some more stringent measures that need to be taken by landowners in order to meet the threshold to take those, to take those animals. But that, again, that is a whole nother discussion that needs to happen. Yes. As it's as, on no. its own, because yes. it, it, it involves too much as far as stakeholders are concerned. This, this state is 51% ish 
private land. Yeah. But so, okay. so back to what Brady said about um, being. Oh God, let's not but, quote anything I've already. No, said. No, <laughs> no, no, no. About about proposals that you know, some people advocate a proposal for for compensating private landowners owners more mm-hmm. for depredation yeah. by wildlife. Mm-hmm. Where's that money going to come from? Is that going to come from my oh, license come fees up, yeah. as well? Yeah, our yeah. license fees oh, are going to go up. Yeah. 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 Well, sounds like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. yeah Perfect. That, that, that's, that's the thing. It's brilliant. It, it all comes down to where the money's coming from. Yeah, we talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, You know, we, the one we called California Conservation. Uh, <laughs> I love that term. We I don't have, know why. <laughs> we, have, we have right now Hunters who are willing to pay to go hunt, right? And what they're wanting to do is change that system from hunters who are willing to pay to go hunt to we'll pay you. For wildlife on your land. It's stupid. So stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I want to cover. I don't my even. Mic. I want to cover my mic and say something, but <laughs> it, it echoes. So we're gonna hear you're, it. You're gonna hear it. So right? I'm just gonna not say anything. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, I've held it together pretty good, guys. You, <laughs> I mean, I can't count on yeah. one hand. Yeah, Gals, Gals, like <laughs> no. I mean, everything that you're saying is spot so, on, and that's I, I, that's why I say we're not gonna. Other than a few jabs here and there, which uh, are probably warranted. No, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm willing to work with anybody and talk to anybody. Uh, so they've, they've thrown their jabs at me as well, um, and and I'm just Rodney's not exactly the turn the other cheek kind of fellow. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe the butt cheek. <laughs> so of the two hundred and some odd pages, yeah. Once we get past the name change, where else it is a does it go from there? So again, um, you've got the Jennings Law stuff that they're talking about. Um, it it um, deals with oh, there's so much stuff. It, it covers so much, and like I said, the name change is the biggest. Um, having to talk to somebody who uh, has um, had contact with um, Jesse Dubel. And heard the um, reasonings behind the bill. Um, basically, Jesse built this bill to imitate federal bills, the omnibus bills, where there's so much in it. Basically, we need to pass it to find out what's in it type of mentality. He built this bill so that they that they could whittle it down and say, oh, yeah, we're... We're compromising. Um, And when Rodney talks about the fact that this hasn't been thought through, that's pretty evident to me in, in the fact they haven't thought this through. They're, they're partnering with these, these organizations and these senators who are clearly, and history has shown not friends of hunters um, but they're partnering on this bill. What do you think the first thing that's going to get cut is? The ninety ten. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that the hunters are are, are counting on, exactly. standing on, and, mm-hmm. and that's what have, it's have being been, have been sold. And that's what mm-hmm. they're selling it as. Yeah. It's a ninety ten. It's yeah, a ninety ten. You're gonna get you're gonna get six more percent. 
chant. And, you know, there's lots of discussions going on out there in the hunting, in the hunting forums on Facebook and things like that about what kind of an impact that is for the everyday hunter. In, in my opinion, um, it's not worth it. Is it is it a significant increase in resident tags? Yes, absolutely. Probably, depending on how you break it down. In some units, it won't be. In some species, it won't be. In some, it will. But Dave just hit his head. <laughs> but the problem is not what are we going to gain in tags. The problem is, again, what Rodney said at the beginning of the podcast. What are we losing to get that? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to sit down and have a discussion about 90-10. Okay? It's a worthwhile discussion. All right? I'm not saying I'm, I'm supporting it or, or against it. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, because I haven't looked at those numbers uh, wholly to, to, like, see what effect is it going to have on non-residents and outfitters? What effect is it going to have on residents? Uh, what effect is it going to – and it goes much beyond that. What is the fact, effect is it going to have on revenue? Okay. What effect because is it going to have on the actual management of the, of the species? Exactly. And that's where it has to that, – that's the first thing that you have to look at, okay, yep. is, is what is it going to do to conservation of the wildlife here in New Mexico, yep. all right? Specifically that because I will say this, all right, if, if they gave me a choice, right, God comes down and he says, Rodney, you have a choice. You can go hunting. By yourself, you and only you for the rest of your life in New Mexico, all the game species, nobody else can hunt. But as soon as you die, we're going to wipe all the species off of New Mexico. They're gone. Or you can never hunt again, and everybody else can, and I guarantee you that these species will be around forever. Mm-hmm. That's the choice I'm going to make. Right. That's the choice. Yep. To hell with my hunting odds. It's about the conservation for my kids, for my grandkids, for the future of New Mexico. That's the number one thing. And I'd have to know that that 90-10 split was in the best interest of conservation. Monetarily, for the, for the future, and for all people involved. Yes, the, the wildlife in New Mexico belonged to the New Mexico residents. That's important. It's important to me. But it's also important to me that we share that. Because a lot of the wildlife that we own is on federal land. Yep. You know, eating federal grass and federal forage, you know. So and that's an argument in, unto itself. Mm-hmm. Why, why should, you know, those are federal lands, multi-use lands mm-hmm. that anybody can go on. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why, what gives us the right to say you can't come on this? Well, also, I'm not a hypocrite. I know. I want to go hunt in Idaho. Dang right. I want to go hunt in Wyoming and Montana and South Dakota. and all. Hell, I even want to go. In, into the northeast and hunt those stupid little sick of deer sick of deer you know so why would i say that nobody else can come here right it's just not right to me okay um so i'd have to look at that bill whole uh, the ninety ten split by itself holistically look at all the effects that it's going to have on all parties not just me not just whether or not i'm going to draw a tag and so many people are getting behind this bill just because they think they're going to have a better chance of drawing a tag, right. and that is not right. conservation. Yep. Right. Um, it's not. And so Dave, Dave asked a little bit ago, you know, what else is in this bill? So uh, name change, purview of the department change, uh, getting rid of Jennings Law, uh, 
getting rid of the outfitter pool, changing it so there's another thing uh, that it's, do it's doing is getting rid of that outfitter pool. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into the outfitter conversation simply because um, I have mixed feelings on it. I do too. I do too. Uh, it, it's another thing that I would be willing to sit down and have a conversation Absolutely. about. And let's look at the pros and cons of it. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm not going to just weigh in and say that I'm full, in full support of it or, or in, in fully opposed to it because I don't know the ramifications. Right. And, and that's the other thing that, the, that is not being looked at is, what is what's the economic impacts? Yeah. Um, whether you like to hear it or not, the outfitting pool and the outfitting industry has a huge economic impact, particularly on our rural communities. Yes. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's a huge fact. Um, uh, that's just the way it is. And so all of it does, too. I, 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 do, I do want to make that. Bad. Resident hunters and non-resident hunters and the outfitters, all of it has a very large sure. impact. I, I grew up in a rural town next to, you know... Um, you know, mm -hmm. very popular, uh, you know, hunting unit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it has an effect. Mm -hmm. when, when September 1st rolls around, you know, you can expect the sandwich shops and the grocery stores right. and the gas stations and all of that to be extra so, busy. Perfect example, right? Here, here's an example. And, and I'm not sure that a lot of people think of this fully and think of it through, okay? So me and Kyle drove to B-Tech. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Went up to 2B, shot a great big buck. Um <laughs> Big big Here's buck. the thing. Okay, we went to two. I like big bucks. All right, but a lot oh, of the I stuff we took with us, a lot of the food. No, we went and bought a lot of food too, um, and we went mm -hmm. to a few places and ate, mm -hmm. and we did a few things like that. But that non-resident hunter that flies in mm -hmm. buys everything or drives in. I'll give you. I'll give or you. Drives in. I'll give you another example. They so, buy everything here. Um, not, not only that, but you look at the impact of a non-resident on multiple states. Let's say you have somebody who's coming from uh, Indiana, New York, Indiana, or New York. Right. Let's go with Indiana; it's closer, okay. drivable distance, right? Sure. And it's yeah, it's a nicer state. Not only, not only are they going to buy and and spend money and provide you know have the residents of new mexico provide them goods and services while they're every here every state along every the stop way. along the way mm -hmm. they are doing that whether they're buying gas giving mm -hmm. a hotel room getting right. a snack and buying that a can't be quantified no it can't mm -mm. so it can't. um okay. yeah um all right what else are we talking about so they got rid of the out they're they're trying to get rid of the outfitter pool that those are the basically in my opinion, the two main things that they're trying to sell hunters on mm -hmm. with this bill, ninety ten. How that's how get, they're trying to gain support. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're trying to sell, ninety ten, and gain and getting rid of the outfitter yeah. pool. And in their left hand, they're holding their left hand in front of us, and they're saying ninety ten, no outfitters. But yep. in the right hand, they got it behind their backs with all this other crap in yep. it, and they're not showing you that. Right. They're not telling you that. They're not telling you all that comes with it. Yep. Um, and I'm, man, I've been through this bill a bunch, and so it's it's hard to keep up with. It. Again, it's two hundred freaking pages. So there there may be a few more things and that I've forgotten all around. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there again. 
Don't take my word for it. No. Go read the bill. Right. Your eyes are going to bleed by the time that you're done with it. Um, the best way to read this bill, most again, most of this bill is strike-throughs of the name game, Department of Game and Fish for right. Department of Wildlife Conservation. So you can kind of skim through it. What you want to look for as you skim through this bill is the large paragraphs strike-throughs. Right. And so look at what they're getting rid of and look at what they're amending it to be. And mm-hmm. that's the best way to kind of get what's behind this bill. Go read it yourself. So, I, I mean, I, I would say one more thing as far as um, you, you guys have said on the podcast a lot of times, you know, obviously um, the nation as a whole is, is losing um, hunters and anglers, and New Mexico has been doing a good job of recruiting yeah. And, and, one of, one and, of the few and, states that's actually building hunting right. numbers. And so, and, and so to me, not only this bill, um, you know, the, the, the youth under 12, um, you know, uh, that provision that's provided in the other bill of, you know, banning them using firearms, it's almost like this concerted effort. It's like, oh, okay, um, hunter angler numbers are um, being reduced across the nation, but in New Mexico they're not. And so let's build the strategy to make sure that it, it keeps reducing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, like you, Kyle, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but it, it's, it's almost like this consorted effort to restrict us and to create it harder um, for not only us to hunt and fish, but to bring other people yeah. in to hunting and fishing and continuing what we're doing. It just, mm-hmm. it just, all of this just makes it more and more difficult yeah, in, in in every page that you read of the two hundred and thirty one pages of that damn bill, and and saying I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I have seen enough evidence and talked to enough people and connected. Uh, again, sound like a conspiracy theorist, but the dots connected enough dots to know what they're doing, and it's not a conspiracy. They are purposely doing what they're doing. Yeah, they are, and it's all it's Cerebral. all with a goal. It's all with a bigger goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad, you know. It, it's very sad because, um, and it's frustrating. They're standing on the shoulders of great men, and they're and using their name in vain a lot of times. Yeah, and it's sad what they're doing. Very sad, and it's extremely frustrating because the BHA, the Wildlife Federation, have both stood up in opposition to the ban of bans for trapping on public lands. Not fervent enough i believe but they have done that and then they turn around and are trying to do this Mm -hmm. and it's like what is going through your freaking head it's just extremely frustrating and i'm hoping that if you're if you're a member of one of those organizations um i would dang sure contact your leadership and get their explanation i don't know um to me there's no explanation for signing your name next to uh, the organizations and the senators that they have on this bill. Um, but again, that's your, that's your prerogative. Uh, we always look at what is this going to do to our wildlife management. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some accusations out there that, Oh, hunters, you know, hunters for the longest time have had too much say, uh, in wildlife management because they pay the most because they have paid the most. And again, that can be a discussion. I'm not against putting money towards uh, towards these non-game species. Mm-hmm. What I'm afraid of 
is if the purview of the New Mexico Game and Fish changes, now my money is getting outweighed. And I, I, you know, I think there is a compromise there. If you want money to go towards non-game species, sponsor bill. Right. Donate. Correct. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Yep. And there's nothing that says we can't manage game animals and manage uh, Mm -hmm. non-game animals. We already manage non-game animals in a lot of respects. We're doing it. So um, it's just just extremely frustrating. And you want to give people the, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they have no more benefit of the doubt. They, uh, at this point, they have they have worn out their benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hundred percent have, hundred um, percent have. They've they've you know ignored facts, um, ignored real scientific data, and thrown it out the window for feel good California conservation. Yeah, um, I won't even mention the climate change. <laughs> in the bill. Um, so, that being said, uh, again, do your own homework. Uh, I would urge you strongly to reach out to uh, your senators to and, and representatives to the representatives and senators who are going to be on these committees. You can find that out by going to www.nmlegis.com. L-E-G-N-M-L-E-G-I-S dot gov. Um, it'll come bring you to a homepage, and you'll you'll see there you can pick out the bill to, to read the bill that you want and find out what's going on with that bill. You just go and pick, choose chamber. Um, this one's Senate bill, so you're going to choose the Senate chamber. You'll pick bill under type, and then you type in 312, and it'll bring it up. You can read it. You can figure out who the committee members are uh, that it's going to be heard, who the proponents and sponsors of the bill are. Um, you really need to get involved. Uh, another one that sh- that I believe you should be involved in, whether you're a trapper or not, is the Senate Bill 32. It has already passed the Senate Conservation Committee. It is going to Judiciary Committee. could be heard as soon as Friday. I think our intention is to release this on Thursday, February 11th. It could be heard as soon as February 12th, 12th on Friday. Um, so, and the reason I say if you're not a trapper that you should be involved in that is because if they ban trapping on public mm-hmm. lands, who do you think is next? Yep. They are banning a certain group from a multi-use land. So it could be hunters, it could be anglers, it could be OHVers who yeah. they don't like. Yep. So we need to stand together on these bills as well as be aware of the others. I don't remember what the Senate the bill for the youth hunting I, or youth yeah. shooting stuff is. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Um, yeah, it has to do. It's a. Is it? It's not too. Like a firearm protection um, act. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, get involved. Um, yeah. This is this is not the bill that the Mexico Wildlife Federation and the BHA are touting it to be. It is not a hunting bill. It is going to severely, severely impact your hunting in New Mexico 
moving forward. Yeah, and and just to kind of drive the nail home, a point that I think that we had thought of, but Dave brought up today, um, they they touted the passing and the signing of the Great American, Great Outdoors, American Act. Outdoors Act, right? The fully funded, fully, the land fully and funded the land and water fund. conservation. But then they they supported Biden's no, applauded applauded Biden's, <laughs> Biden's signing of of a bill that stopped not, a, not a bill executive order executive order that put a moratorium on new, on new oil and gas, right? And guess where that funding comes from? The land and water conservation fund. Oh yeah. yeah. New mm-hmm. oil, oil and gas, and gas. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I so, so, I mean, come on. I, I, pick a side, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even think it's a side. How, I, just, how I you, just think it's a place where... But you can't applaud both. No, you, know? you can't. You can't applaud no. both. Because we need this money and we're going to get it from oil and gas, but we're going to stop... No, 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 no. no. If they didn't say we... When it passed, they literally said that it was the greatest um, legislation for conservation, for conservation ever, ever passed mm-hmm. since Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. yeah, but now it can't do anything because there's no more money. There's no funding for it. Because the funding comes from new oil and gas. Pick a side, dudes. Ours. Come away from the dark side. <laughs> Step into the light, my friend. I... I, I Good conservation. I'm, I'm, I'm good always with you guys. I mean, because what it, it always boils down with you two guys is what is best for our wildlife. What is best? What is for best for our elk? What is best for our deer? What's you know? It's 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 always about that. Mm-hmm. And this is not. That is not what this bill is three, about. Three twelve no. is not about that. No, it's not. No. Um, I'll, I'll oh, say. Oh, do I'll Heinrich? Do Heinrich? Do Heinrich? Oh, you were good for do Heinrich. Okay. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. You're um, like a little kid in a candy store. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Um, no, but this is the kind of crap that we're dealing so with, I, right? So I'll say this. Um, do it. Do it. Mm, do it now. This bill has elements uh-huh. that we would be interested in seeing conversations about. Yes. But as Separately. a whole. Separately. It needs to be a separate bill. Separately. Get it out of here. Yep. Get it out of here. Okay. Uh Senator Martin Heinrich. Do it, Kyle. Do it. Such a cool guy. Released. Um, I can I can feel the sarcasm. And, and there and this. I love it. This place. Yes. This place. This place. Um, Senator Martin Heinrich uh, recently um, sent out a letter, uh, basically calling on the governor. And all New Mexicans to get rid of the E plus program because the game board, the director, it was unfair to New Mexico residents. Shortly, shortly E-plus. after that, shortly after that, Rodney had a conversation with Jesse Dubel of the New Mexico Wildlife Federation, and Jesse Dubel said, "Oh well, he was just talking about after a long conversation. Yes, after a long conversation. So this was a very long conversation, a back and forth." About E plus, in this article and in their in, in in the other article about E plus, there was never any mention of unit wide mm-hmm. specificity. Now, it's true. It it referenced it in the language. It talked about 
private but, land hunters hunting on public land, but it never it said, said this is the, it, it, and never, it never said this is the main purpose it, of that letter. It simply yeah. said e plus. the E-plus program. Mm-hmm. E plus is program. stealing tags from New Mexicans. Yep. And a good point of this is getting rid of unit wide does not give one single tag back to the public or the public draw. It gives none of it back. It simply keeps private land hunters hunting on private land. True. That's it. Yep. Anyways, so Jesse uh, kind of walked back his original statements and said, well, he's just talking about unit-wide. I got an email that... uh, Basically came from uh, was Martin Heinrich's response to Bob Estrin uh, about the E plus. Well, uh, you're not going to know who Bob Estrin is, but it's Martin Heinrich's response about the E plus issue. He said, "I will get a response from my official office on the E plus situation. I think it's fair to say that I am not interested in dismantling the program." I would, however, like to see it reformed by the Game and Fish Commission. I'll have someone from my office reach out to you so that you understand what I see as problematic in the current administration of the program. I do not have any problem with landowner tags so long as they are proportional to the habitat provided by the landowner. I do have issues with unit-wide tags. Huh. Wait, wait, wait. What did, what what freak, did we say? That's freaking weird. What do we say? So if weird. you've got 100 tags and you've got 50% public, 50% private, 50 tags go to public, 50% go to private. Now, how, how, how does that – how does it, proportional? Yeah. Right? Except right? So here's the funny thing, though. Except it's not. Because of elk tags in New Mexico, two-thirds of them, roughly, go yep. to the public draw. That's true. That's true. Imagine Just saying. That. So So it's not proportional. We are in favor, right? The public land gets more. Amazing. So (laughs) So you're putting more public land hunters on less less public land. And this is something that we said whenever we talked about the attack on the E-plus. Attack unit-wide. Let's have a conversation about unit-wide. Yes. I don't think it needs to necessarily go away. No. I think there are, there are situations and instances where it could be beneficial to the residents of New mm-hmm. Mexico. However, I do think it needs a substantial audit. Absolutely. I, and, I, and that's what we've said, and that's what, what our position was. Right. And both Jesse Dubel and now Heinrich have both backtracked so, from original statements. So to me, it makes more sense to take the money – that would be used to rebrand Game and Fish um, to actually put that money on the ground, provide the personnel, the resources, the scientists to actually evaluate um, these types of you know unit wide programs. What an original oh, wait, 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 um, idea, wait, Dave. That's what I forgot about Senate Bill three twelve. Hmm. The dismantling of Jennings Law is the first step that needs to happen in order to dismantle the E plus program yes. because the E plus is a separate rule from the elk rule. Yes. True. The elk rule gets opened every four years. Right. The E-plus rule is a permanent rule, can only be opened when the game commission wants to open it. Right. And it was created via the Jennings Law. So there's another little piece of that mm-hmm. puzzle. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's and it's just another shining example of smoke and mirrors. But I, they yeah, they I, they they branded that the dismantling of E plus as a private land is getting all of our public land tags, and that is one hundred percent not the case. Yes. So, man, do your homework, guys. You no, know, no, um, don't don't just listen to us. Somebody, Definitely don't listen to them. We need you Go guys to up. step up. Yeah, mm-hmm. my brain hurts from doing all this. Yeah, crap in a, in a bad way. <laughs> Holy crap. In a bad way because there's so many things happening, and you can't just look at these federations out there, these these organizations out there, and think don't that let they, them do your thinking. Yeah, think that they are um, in any way, shape, or form just doing what's best for you. Don't don't call them and tell them we don't support this. Don't you know? Heck, don't just call your senators and stuff like that. Call these organizations and tell them we don't support you. You do not speak our minds yep. because they're not. The BHA is not. The New Mexico Wildlife Federation is not. They are not speaking what is best for conservation in New Mexico or what is best for New Mexico residents and the future of hunting in this state. Yeah. The end. The end. Because <laughs> I don't feel like going on anymore. No. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. For this special emergency podcast. Emergency podcast. Uh, join us next week for, I think we have Dude, it's new season time. It is new season. It's time, time. to start a new season. It's this time to start in on so the So we're going to have to do a season recap Yep. and then start a new season. We're going to have to do the new proclamation. We're going to have to get that one out pretty quick. So I'm pretty sure we have a wilderness survival episode we got to do. <laughs> wilderness. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah. What? I was, I'd, see, I brought that up. Yeah. You guys forgot about it. Yeah. We did. So we'll do that one. All right. Thanks for joining, guys. Adios. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining Nada Grande Outdoors Podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.nadagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios.